Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. Here's the zinger of the week. If a Christian does not know when God is speaking, he is in trouble at the heart of his Christian life. What do you think about that? How did, was anybody kind of wrestle a little bit that when you first read that? The first page, you know, of week five. Anybody? Are you even awake? Oh no, we all got it together. Come on, people. I mean, matter of fact, I walk in the office and uh, I'll just, uh, Michelle said, right off the bat, really? Really? I mean, look at the verse of that. Hey, y'all ready, to, y'all ready to quote our verse this week? What's the address of our verse this week? John 8 47. Here it is. He who belongs to Here's the reason you do not hear is really? How does that feel? Wow. Wow. Let me ask you this question. And now be honest. You can't answer this question based on the verse you just heard. But here's the question. Has God ever spoken to you? Has God ever spoken to you? Man, you can get a lot of dialogue going on there, can't you, if you start talking about people saying God spoke to me and the voice of God and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, if you were going to go up, I, I, I go up and say, hey, what's God been saying to you lately? What's God been saying to you lately? I mean, I've said, had those conversations with many different people and you get this blank stare like, what? What? When we're talking about this community over here that Adam was referring to, we, we're talking about the Bible-toting Christian community. Uh, what's God been saying to you lately? And you're going, what? What? You know, and, and here's a lot of times what I hear. You know, I've been a Christian all my life, but I've never heard God speak to me. I mean, d- did we not just do uh, several different Bible studies, Voice of God? Didn't y'all do that? Voice of God, and there are people that says, hey, I don't belong in this group because I ain't ever heard God speak. And these are professing believers. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's where you feel like you are. So here's the implication, you know, you know, for people, they go, yeah, I've just never heard God speak to me. I've read stuff. I heard preachers and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, in, in the thought process, maybe, you know, I agree that in the Bible that God spoke to people, but that's never happened to me. So the implication is this. If that's been my experience, then I guess that God doesn't speak to people today. But what did we learn a few weeks ago? I can't trust my experience to tell me the truth. So here's a commitment I want every one of us, to, I want every one of you to make with me. I want you to read this. 
I will not allow my perception of my experience to be the basis of my belief. Okay, would you write that down? And, and then just, if you're willing to take it, do you understand what I'm saying here? Well, then say it with me. I will not allow my perception of my experience to be the basis of my belief. Too often we project on God what our experience has been rather than the God that He is. But So we're just saying, I'm not going to let what I have, my perception of never having heard from God, or God not speaking to me, or God not taking care of this, or God not caring, or God not being close. I'm not going to allow my perception of my experience to tell me the truth. Alright, so what does God want us to know then? What does God want us to know today? Like this from page 22, if I want to know the will and the voice of God, I must devote time and effort to cultivate a love relationship with Him. So that's why, that's, that was from this past week. And do you see how repetitive this is? Man, we're wanting to be theologians. We want to go out and do big mission stuff for God. You know, we want to, and God said, whoa, 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 do, uh, stop, stop. If you want to know the will and the voice of God, don't bypass the relationship. And this is where we this is where we traditionally go. This is our default. It's like, give me something to do, God, give me something to do. We are a Martha generation. Martha. <laughs> Martha. I mean, really, give me something to do. And God says, do not pass over the relationship because I want you. I love you. What does God want me to know? That's it. It's all about relationships. So reality number four. We've been through three different realities. Uh, reality number... Th that's supposed to be four, I think. Uh, God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, prayer, circumstances, and the church to reveal Himself, His purposes, and His ways. Alright? You agree? You're good? Uh, we were taking a look at these seven different realities. And, and so here's what God wants me and you to know as followers of His. We're over here in this community. We're carrying the Bible, the red Bible. And He says, I want you to know this, that I speak by the Holy Spirit through my Word, through the Bible, through prayer, when you pray, through circumstances, through the church. And... Uh, Oh, in order to reveal myself. First and foremost, I want to reveal who I am. And I want to reveal my purposes and I want to reveal my ways. So, God wants us to just be reminded of some stuff that for those who were faithful this week, and by the way, you know, some of you, if you're getting behind a little bit, don't freak out and start doing the judgmental thing like, oh, no, 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 no. No, no, just, just roll. We're going to have a catch-up time. We're going to have a catch-up time. We're going to have a halftime. We're going to have cheerleaders and all that. No, I'm kidding. But uh, we are going to have a halftime, all right? God speaks in you. Here's what God wants you to know. He speaks in unique ways to you. God speaks to me in Gradotian language. Yeah, yeah. It's like whenever I read Philippians, you know, a verse in Philippians, for it is God who is at work in you both to will and do His good pleasure. He says, I give you the want to to do what you, you want to I do. I give you the want to to do what I want you to do and I give you the power to do it. Example. 
God speaks to you in unique ways. Now, this isn't saying you can just go on a tangent and say, oh, I've got this special revelation. No, no, no. But He personalizes it. You, you can't base your experience of God speaking to you on how He speaks to somebody else. And now, we've already, that's not to say that somebody's going to get, again, this exclusive message. No, 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 no. Because we've already saw God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, through prayer, through circumstances, through the church. But you can't base your experience of God speaking on how He speaks to someone else. God's speaking is unique because He wants your experience with Him and His voice to be personal to you. It's like I speak differently to my sweet Rachel than I do to Bo. Right? You understand that one now. Uh, I, I speak I speak differently to some of you than I do to Luis. Uh, you can't understand what I say, neither can he. <laughs> hey, and I'm an imperfect human being. God is a perfect Father. And He wants you to know that you are unique and you are special and you are prized and you are loved. And I'm going to speak to you. I want you to look to me, God says, rather than for you to depend on some method or technique on uh, how to hear God. His presence. Not religion. His presence. In, in, in your studies this week, a great example. It says, you know, if Moses were to live today and have the burning bush experience, he would be, he would be told by publishers all around the world, you've got to write a book, My Burning Bush Experience. And there would be hundreds of millions of books sold, My Burning Bush Experience with God and then, and you know, how you got to know. Did anybody else have a burning bush experience? No, it was unique. And the way that he is able to do that, is wonderful. Gideon is a good example. It was in our, our, our study this week as well, but Gideon, I want us to look at some, uh, a few verses there. Turn with me to Gideon's chapter six, uh, six. It's on page 238. If you didn't bring your Bible, there's a Bible in front of you. Let's look at this together. Now, what's going on there? Guess what the Israelites did? You know, after God had delivered them and He had given them just blessings and all that, guess what they did? They did evil in God's eyes. Can you believe that? They did evil in God's eyes. Rinse, lather, repeat. Rinse, lather, repeat. But you've never been there, right? You know. Okay, so they're going like, God, no, we've got it. And, and, and remember uh, a few months back, we were talking about the wicked generations and all that and what wicked really means. Remember wicked? Wicked just simply means forgetting God. Forgetting God. Just, you know, I'm going to do life my way. So, in, 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 uh, in history here, so Gideon and the Israelites had, you know, done their own thing. And so now they had come under the hand, heavy hand of the Midianites, uh, and, uh, also some of these other, uh, Amalekites and stalactites and all these other countries, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I'm just kidding on the stalactites. But, you know, so they, they were hiding. They were hiding out in the mountains and all that kind of stuff. And then, and then finally, you know, uh, they cried out to the God. They had enough's enough. 
You know, and, and that's that age old saying, you know, rarely do people change when they see the light. It's only when they what? Feel the heat. Unfortunately, it's when we feel the pressure and we feel the pain, they called out to God. They cried out to God. So start with me with verse 12. So it says um, there that the angel of the Lord in verse 11 said, the angel of the Lord came to, to Gideon. It says, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now already we're going, okay, okay, okay. So Gideon cannot depend on his perception of his past experience to tell him the truth. Why? Because he was hider. He was a hider, not a warrior. He was hiding out and trying to stay out of sight of the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the. But he comes and says, let me define you. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But sir, Gideon replied. Now, here he goes. If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? God, if you love me, why is this happening in my life? God, if you love me, you know, why does it seem like you've been silent? God, if you love me, why is there the pain? Why is it turning out like... God, if, if you're with us, why has all this happened? Where are all the wonders that our fathers told us about? Whenever they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? You know, wh wh where's all this stuff that all these people that we hear on the radio, you know, saying that God will do this and God will, you know, God, if you really care, why, why isn't something changing? Verse 14, verse 14, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? But Lord, Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Wow, are there not some lessons that we can learn here? How many times has God showed up and He said, hey, come on, mighty warrior. Let's go get it done. And then we go, what, but Lord, look at my, look at my past. Look at my experience. Look at my present. Look what's going on. I'm hiding. I, I'm, I'm in, I, I'm doing stuff hiding out. I'm making my life a lot harder because I'm trying to hide out. I would, and he's, and God's saying, no, no, no. I'm ready to move. I'm ready to do something in you. See, Gideon's problem was not that he that God did not speak to him or that he didn't hear God. His problem was that he did hear him and he did not believe. Or he did hear him, he goes, Ah, I, I, I don't want to do that. Why? What was controlling him? His past was controlling him. His present was controlling him. His experiences was controlling him. And so, you know, God in His grace, God in His grace uh, just put up with Gideon going, okay, okay, uh, okay, uh, but would you really confirm it for me and let's do this little fleece thing? And then God said, ah. Oh. He goes, all right. And then, the next, uh, okay, uh, yeah, okay, I know you did this fleece thing, but can you kind of reverse it right now? He's going, wow. Wow. How often has that been true for us? 
Instead of saying, hey, listen, I've never heard God speak, it could be that, yeah, we did hear God speak, we just didn't like what He said. And so how... You just don't put that kind of stuff on the billboard. It's like, God spoke to me. Stop hating. God spoke to me. Stop stealing. God spoke to me. Seek first the kingdom of God. And you're going, no, I like here and now a lot. God speaks all the time, but here's, here's uh, what He says in our, in, in our book. He may withhold specific directions to cause you to seek Him more intently. Don't try to skip over the relationship to start doing something. Have we heard this before? Have we heard something about... And it may be, it may be that, you know, God has been speaking and speaking and speaking to you and you're going, ah, oh, man, ah. Oh. But he, you're just not believing Him. And you're going, I don't want it. Or, or, or you're trying to go off and do it in your way instead of God's way. And He's going, no, it's all about relationship. I want to do it in you. Remember the servant analogy? And if servants today, you tell them what to do, they go do it. But God's idea of a servant is, I want you to be my servant, but I'm going to do it in you and through you. I'm going to do it for you. So God speaks uniquely to us. He's going to, he's going to get your attention because He loves you. But the second thing we see here is that God speaks by the Holy Spirit. God speaks by the Holy Spirit. This verse on your outline here on the screen, but in fact, Jesus is saying, talking to His disciples, in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Now when is this? this is, he's talking to them about before His crucifixion. In fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate, who's He talking about? The Holy Spirit, the advocate, won't come. If I do go away, then I will send Him to you. He's saying, it is best for you, disciples, if I go away. And now let's look at what he said in John chapter 14, beginning with verse 16. He elaborates on that. John chapter 14, verse 16. He says in verse 16, now in 15, we, we looked at this couple. If you love me, you will obey what I command. Verse 16, and I will ask the Father and He will give you another counselor to be with you when? To be with you when? The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him for He lives in you. He lives with you and will be in you. So the context here is that, you know, Jesus is saying, now, I'm with you right now, but whenever I'm gone, uh, I'm not going to be with you. He's going to be in you. Verse 18, and I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So Jesus is helping us to understand that what happens in the transaction when we come to know Him as personal Lord and Savior is that He comes in us through His Holy Spirit. We know that as, a, as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ. So in this context, he knew that as he was talking to his disciples, they understood a little bit what was going on. Because let me ask you this. Did Jesus speak to his disciples? We see that. We see it in Scripture. He spoke to them all the time. Uh, did he tell them things to do? Obviously, he told them things to do all the time. And they heard it and then they did it. 
Did he tell them things that were going to happen in the future, that were coming down the pike in coming days? Absolutely. Jesus was talking to them all the time. Here he is saying that what happens is that the Holy Spirit will do even a better job because the Spirit of God is not limited to a human body like Jesus was. He says, I am limited. I intentionally limited myself to be man-God. But it's going to be even better. And that's why he says that you can even do greater things. Why? Because my Spirit will be in you collectively. Wow. Awesome. God speaks by His Holy Spirit that comes within you when you place your faith in Jesus Christ and you become a follower of His. Alright, so most of you met our friend Nick, right? Nick has got the costume jewelry on the side of his head. He's 84 years old. He sits right up here. The very first Sunday he was here, I had to get on him. Y'all remember what was going on? Nick was up here talking to Matthew Curry. Nick can't hear. So I said, alright, let's get going. So Nick is still talking because he can't hear. Well, Nick, on Friday, he had the second surgery. It's called a collier implant. All right, so this one over here, he's got the, he calls it his costume jewelry. You've seen it if you've met Nick. Love him. He loves Jesus, and I call him Barnabas on steroids. All right? So Nick's up there, and he's got his little costume jewelry here. But what, and what, what this collier implant is... Is, this is some old equipment that he has, but the, on, on whatever side, but he got the other year done. He's fixing to get all new equipment. It's going to be amazing. But listen to the definition of collier implant. A collier implant is a surgically implanted device that provides a sense of sound to a person with severe to profound hearing loss. Collier implants bypass the normal hearing process. Instead, they replace it with electronic Hearing. Let me just ha- let me just tell you what happened to him this last Friday. They went in, they cut this, and I just kind of grow. Oop, flipped his, you know, uh, flipped the ear over. Uh, but it's back in place. He looks good now. All right, so they flip, and and then they 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 cut all the nerves to his ear. They cut all the hearing nerves because. They have been diagnosed as unresponsive and not capable of hearing. And they implant this little device, this little computer in his inner ear, and then they put a little plate in his head that's got a little transponder in there, you know, on the scalp, and then then he puts the receiver. It's kind of magnetic. He can just plop it on there. When I heard that, I went, wow. Hey, hey. That's exactly, that's exactly what the Bible says. That's what Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 14. Let me read this for you. Here, here, here's what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse uh, The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God for they are foolishness to him and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. 
What happens too often is whenever we become Christians, we're going to go, well, I'm going to use my great intellect and I'm going to do all this God stuff. And God says, nope, no, no. My message, my message to you, yes, I'm going, yes, I'm going to use you and I'm going to use your brain and I'm going to use all that stuff, but all these old ways of what you've relied on, I'm going to cut it because it's unresponsive. It's incapable of hearing. Apart from the Holy Spirit of God, we are incapable of hearing. Now, here's the deal, though. He's got to go in there and start cooperating because now it's going to start, you know, sending all these brainwaves. He's got to start. He's got to go in there and go, oh, it's kind of like adjusting stuff. He's got to go in there and, and to where this thing's going to be sending sounds and it identifies and it makes these sounds. And so he's, he's got to, it's kind of like a, a training class. You're kind of going through aerobics and stuff. The same thing is true for you and me whenever we come to listening to the Holy Spirit. It may sound like all fuzzy. You know, it may sound like, uh, so we need, to, we need to make some adjustments in our life. Like number one is like confess, you know, because we're just filled up with gunk and junk. And also, oh, now it's coming through clearly. Um, God speaks by the Holy Spirit. And what He has done, He has implanted within you His Holy Spirit that now will bring clear the voice of God. Just make the adjustments and allow Him to speak to you uniquely. But the next one right here is that God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible. And we go back right through here, right here, right here. Right here. And then we and we make some adjustment. Here's the interesting thing about Nick. By the way, he's doing good. Went over there, saw him yesterday morning, doing good. Luis and I went over there and took him some breakfast and and boy, he's just all chipper and all that stuff. But um here's the interesting thing about Nick is that even with these devices, you know, he'll if you go to have lunch with him, uh what he will do is he will very intentionally put his back to the crowd. He will put his back to the crowd and then he'll dial this little transponder and all this kind of stuff in to where it's all going forward. He positions himself to hear. And that's, that's what God is inviting us to do. Just position ourselves to hear him. Awesome stuff. God speaks to the Bible. I love this. When you read the Word, boy, this hit me. When you read the Word, the author himself is present to instruct you. Truth is never discovered. Truth is revealed. How about that? When you're reading this Word and we sit down, we go, this ain't even made no sense to me. Just go ahead and believe that the author is there with you. What is the problem? What has been the problem is our disbelief. Well, I just can't understand this thing right here. I just don't understand it. Well, number one, say, Jesus, am I yours? Because if you are His, then His Spirit is within you. And then ask Him. He said, you have not because why? All right, so then we just come down and we say, Holy Spirit, speak to me through this. And stop saying the lie and stop believing the lie that God has never spoke to you. He's speaking all the time. All the time. How? By His Holy Spirit. How? Through the Bible, through circumstances, through prayer, through the church. God is speaking to you right now through a redneck from Grady, Alabama. Bless your heart. 
Wow. Stop. Uh. Okay, here's a couple of examples. I'm, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, just read this sometime. It just, man, it's saying God just will blow your mind. Uh, you just can't imagine what God's got in store if you just believe. But let's just say, for instance, turn over to Colossians. Just say, for instance, Colossians. Here's Paul writing in Colossians. Chapter 3. You sit down and you're having your devotion. You sit down in the morning. You yawn and you got your cup of coffee and you got your pad and all that. And so you sit down and you read the Bible and you say, Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And your mind goes, well... Yeah, what time does uh, what time's breakfast going to be? Um, oh, wait, okay, wait a minute. All right, so set your hearts on things above, for Christ is seated right hand. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God may just you just stop and say, "Are you saying anything to me?" And He goes, "Whew." Think about all that earthly stuff. You are just all tied up about. You tied up about it. Your mind, your heart, you are so preoccupied. Your mind is, your RPMs are in the red because you're so caught up in this. Would you set your mind and your heart on things above? Because this is killing you. Yeah. And so, and so what you do is you just reflect on that and you just go, okay, 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 okay. What do you want me to do? And then, and then he'll keep talking. Or maybe, maybe you get over there in, in verse 12 and, and uh, it says, therefore is uh, God's chosen people. And you go, I don't feel chosen. I feel neglected. I feel, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you saying something to me? And God said, yes, I'm saying something to you. You are chosen. You are set apart. You're mine. Holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And, and then you, and you want to keep reading on and you go, whoa, whoa, hit the brakes. Why? Oh, we got to talk about this kindness, gentleness, and patience stuff. And you go, I don't really want to talk about it because they were wrong and I didn't need it. And then he goes, oh, really? We're going there? <laughs> He speaks. And you're going, but God, you know, and then he goes on and says, hey, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And you go, yeah, but they deserve. He's speaking to me and you all the time. It may be that you're just going, well, ah, I, I just don't want to do it. Oh, he's speaking. Let's say, for example, or uh, it's, you're going to school, and now you got everybody in school. You know, you may be some college class, and you go, you got to go tell your story. You know about your life. You know, and blah blah. And so you're going to be great on this in your communication class, and the person you know that went before you last week uh, just talked about that. You know, they are. You know, they're they're complete atheists, and they think all Christians are idiots. And they're really a very popular people. They're good looking and everybody kind of flocks to them and, and they're going, you know, these Christians are idiots and, you know, there's no God and all that kind of stuff. But next week's your week. And what are you going to do? 
Because, see, you're a follower of Jesus Christ. What are you going to do? But you sit down, and then uh, during, your, during, your, during your quiet time, you read Mark 8, 38. You just happen to run across it. If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he turns, returns in the glory of the Father and His holy angels. He said, really, you're going to be ashamed of me? Really? I'd like to say I've never been then done that. I'd like to say that every time that somebody turns to me, like when I'm on a flight or something like that, and they ask you, you know, what you're doing, uh, you know, what? Hey, tell me, what do you do? You know, that I'm going. I'm a Jesus lover. But there have been times it's like, you know, I don't even want to go there. How pathetic is that? Come on, He gave His all for me and for you. He's speaking. He speaks through the Bible all the time. So these are just a couple of ways. Now let's keep, get on. We're going to close it up here. What does God want me to do? What does God want me to do? That's what He wants us to know. What does He want me to do? Expect, expect God to speak to you. Expect God to speak to you. Are you expecting that? All right, let's look at this thing. I asked Siri. Siri, what does expect mean? Regard as likely to happen. This is a screenshot. Uh, regard as likely to do or be something, believe that someone or something will arrive soon. Expect. I mean, it's like it's going to happen. Okay, you can go back. Expect God to speak to you. Do you expect Him to speak to you? See, there's too many people that are claiming lies going, I don't know. Expect it. Why? Because He said it. Jesus, I mean, in Jeremiah 33, 3, ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. He's saying, I'm the one that knows the future. So why don't you do a lot less, you know, you do a lot more listening, a lot less talking and yak-yakking and let me tell you what's going to happen. Let me speak to you. Expect God to speak to you. Will you do that this week? Will you do that this week? Number two, expect God to reveal truth. We live in a world that's filled with so many lies, but expect God to reveal truth to you. And these are profound statements. God reveals Himself to increase faith that leads to action. And the more you get to know Him, the more your faith is increased, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I wish we could go in more detail. Number two, God reveals His purposes so I will know what He plans to do. We're asking God to reveal His purposes when it comes to Adam and Turkey and all that stuff. We said, we want to start here. Don't hide a plane over the relationship, but we want to understand your purposes. Why did you bring Adam and Michelle and all them youngins into our life? How many years ago? 12, 14? I don't know. All right, keep going. God reveals His ways. So He reveals Himself. He reveals His prayer. He reveals His ways because they are the only means to accomplish His purposes. And we go, no, i got the goods. I can do it. And God says, nope, not when it comes to kingdom stuff. And this is, this is when it's profound. This is, this is when we understand and forget it. It says when God accomplishes His purpose in His ways through us, people will come to know God. 
The world has seen enough of what man can do for God. And when we, see, when we constantly see what man can do for God, they don't know God. But when the world begins to see what God can do, they know Him. Awesome stuff. So, what do we do? What does He want me to do? Expect God to speak to me. Expect Him to reveal truth. How is that going to happen? Because I'm reading, I'm praying, I'm watching. I'm watching what happens next. Luis, I need you up here just for a couple of minutes. Luis Castillo, right? Is that close? Kind of, sort of, maybe? All right. So, here's the deal. Um, as we've been praying, welcome. Welcome, Luis. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. So, here's the deal. Um, wait a minute. All right, tell us, uh, tell us Good really morning. The, the, the correct way to say your name. Um, well, I don't think you will get it. Well, just hear, let but, us hear. But, uh, you know, Luis, you can say, in English they say Luis, right? But yeah. my, in Spanish it's Luis uh, Castillo. All right, so tell me your whole name, though. I'm going to hear all of that. Luis Carlos Castillo Garcia. See, that's way too long. I so listen to this, Mike Dees. <laughs> Yeah, okay. you know, it's just Guatemalan things, right? It's a Guatemalan thing. Yeah. All right. All right. So here's the deal. So uh, four years ago, my daughter uh, stayed in Guatemala when she was on World Race, and it was there with Luis in Antigua. Right. right. All right. So uh, Felicia and I, you know, we kind of, we're stalkers. We stalk our kids. All right. And so we went to Guatemala to visit. And so we got to meet Luis four years ago. All right, so, okay, good, fine. All right, so we're done with that. And then so we come on back and we're doing life and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, my daughter goes, I want to go back and see some of my buds back in Guatemala. So she goes back, was it this past summer? Yes. And so you right. saw her this past summer. Yeah. Yeah. And he was nice enough to host her again. Said, you can stay here. My place. All right, so that was good. So, all right, good, fine. All right, then we just keep on doing life. We got plenty of things to do. And then all of a sudden, you know, God's putting on our hearts, you know, okay, God, what are you working? What do you want us to do? And, and this whole mission thing that Adam got up there and, and just disturbed us with as far as showing, you know, the needs, you know, that are out there, you know, we're going, God, what, what are you working? What do you want us to do? All of a sudden, I get this little message from my daughter that Luis is coming to the States. And I said, well, if he comes around here, tell him he can come stay with us. Well, crazy thing, he took me up on it. <laughs> right. So y'all know to pray for Luis. All right. So I want you to tell us real quickly, what do you do in Guatemala? Okay, so what we do in a uh, few, few words, um, we uh, bring the Bible into the schools um, Did you notice he said the Bible, but it sounded like revival. But go ahead. It's Bible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we do it through character development classes, and it's about um, you know principles and values uh, according to the Bible, and we go directly to the schools and teach. Uh, so it's a formal program. It's not only talks. If you talk, you talk to me and say you know you're giving talks, you you will offend me a lot. Why? 
It's because it's not a talk. It's classes, formal classes, that we have to grade the students. We have, um, we have also um, to grade them. We have, to, we have exams. So they have homework. So it's something that they have to study. And we are their teachers. Okay, hold on, hold on. Mm -hmm. See, he, he's a teacher, so he's used to getting his way on all this stuff. So, but I'm going to interrupt him. <laughs> here's what amazes me about this story. All right, it's been obvious that God's worked in his life, but here's the deal. The, the first lady of Guatemala is the one that started this program, said we want the Bible in our public schools right. to reduce the gangs in Guatemala. Wow, and there was four of y'all. Yep, okay. it, was like, it was four in that school that I was part of it. So this was a government initiative in Guatemala to get the biblical principles in the school. Now, unfortunately, I think maybe some of the pressure of the Catholic Church kind of shut it down after two months. Uh-uh, you, you got too much Jesus going on in here. You got way too much going on. So, but what happened in that first year? Uh, so what happened was like probably 70% of the students in that school that we were ministering um, got to know Jesus. We were in the second phase of uh, discipling or trying to disciple all of these students, but we couldn't because the funds uh, were over and the, and the government was kicking us out from, from that school. So, 70%. Yeah, right, about so that. Yeah. They were going, oh, no, we want, we, want to, we want to learn more about Jesus. And he goes, we want to teach you. And so they, they all cried and they broke their hearts. All right, <laughs> so now what does God do? God says, hey, Luis, we're not dependent on government funding for that to happen. I'm calling you to do something. And he's written 10 of these, 10 of these that teach about self-esteem, about sexuality, about dating, yeah. communicate, all, practical life lessons mm -hmm. that's just flooded with the Word of God. Mm -hmm. It's all, and they get graded on it. It's on their report card. Yes, that's right. Is that not amazing? Yay, God. Yay, God. You know, and I... Uh, Thank, you know, thank you for being obedient. So, uh, I'm not giving him much airtime here, but you got to meet him afterwards and all that stuff. But the other thing that you, you do, I mean, so you've been doing this, and 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 hey, they got about four thousand students. There's five teachers, four thousand students they're impacting right now. Right. And then yep. they have all these clubs, and then they disciple them, and then they send them out, and all that kind of stuff. But some of these people grew up, and some of the parents were getting saved. And so what was God kind of nudging you to do? So, uh, so what He's happened? <laughs> yeah, just telling you really quickly. Um, so I got into a season before we got, uh, started this ministry on, 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 you know, discerning the word, the, the word of God. I mean, the, that, that He speaks to us. And it's true. His word, definitely this is the number one authority that we have. And we need to not only I'm going to go yeah, after. Um, it, we need not only to read it, but to study it and know the right interpretation of what it's saying to our lives, and then the application is going to be different. But um, it, so so that number one, then he talks to you by circumstances. He talks to you about with other people, and the pastor is talking to you, and and you're receiving that. He's the Lord is talking through him. 
and he can talk to other people too. Uh, uh, and he does that. And then by the Holy Spirit. So in, in the Holy Spirit, one of the things that I wanted to add is that he talks to you when you're in, in prayer. Mm-hmm. You, a lot of people expect, talk to me, talk to me, and they're in, in the cell phone, right? Like, talk to me, Lord, talk to me. But you need to lay down everything, and you need to start looking at him, and then that's how the Holy Spirit is going to talk to you. And that's how the ministry came for a season of, a period of season of two years, like looking for him, and then that's how the ministry was born. And then through the result that he's saying, uh, one of the small groups was growing, we established a church. I didn't want to, I didn't expect to, if you you see my business plan, it is not there. It wasn't there, but it was in His kingdom. So, so that's when 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 you get it. When He's talking to you, He talked to me by circumstances to put the church. He talked to me by another person that came. A pastor came, gave me a verse, talked to me about it. So that's when I, I've in my life I've seen it how the Lord talks to you. When we established the youth center, he talked to us by prayer, but to other people, and then finally by the Holy Spirit. And then the circumstances got together, and that's how we release it. So I think yeah. just adding what you're saying, it's, that's, that's how the Lord So here's the, here's the last thing, and he's going to be here while I say it. The last thing is this, expect God to work. Expect God to work. So here's what was going on. So you're 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 seeking the Lord. You're praying. You're reading the Word. You're you're watching to see you, God speaking. Watching to see what happens next. And so, for example, God just kept revealing to him through others, through circumstances. And then finally, there was there was there was somebody that went off on a retreat and came back, and they said, "Listen, I just God just gave me a vision, a dream that you were going. I saw you up there preaching. You were preaching." You know, and it was for real, and there was a church, and da da da. So I just want you to know that when you start the church, we're going to be your first members. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just like you know, affirmation after affirmation after affirmation. Watch to see how God is working, and that's what God wants to do in our life. Any last word? Your last word. Bye bye. Thank you so much. <laughs> nice to meet you. God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> All right, you you can ha- you can you can meet with him, but but uh, afterwards he'll hang around, uh, and he will be at my house this afternoon if you want to drop by. Uh, but um, the, here's the deal: God, you, you know, expect God to speak. He he has called us in this season, and he's wanting to get our attention. Uh, expect him to to uh to reveal his truth himself to you his ways to you kingdom ways but that verse right there the last one ephesians three twenty. now all glory to god who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think so here's the deal we're just watching lord what are you doing how are you working in my life? How do you want me to respond to you? And it may be that some of you have known religion, but you've never known Jesus. And now he's speaking to you. He said, I want, I want to, you to know me personally. It may be that there's something that's been just, that's just 
had you in bondage for years and you said, today I want to set you free. Or it may be that as a church body, you join with us and pray, God, where are you working? Let us see what you're doing next. And when it comes to Turkey and Adam, when it comes to Luis and Guatemala, would you, would you commit to pray? Would you commit to pray that we are clear and that we join God in His work? Would you do that? All right, let's pray. Father God, we just thank You so much for Your grace and Your glory. We thank You for just how good You are and the opportunity that we have to come into Your presence. Thank You that You uh, just enrich our lives first and foremost through Yourself, but then uh, just through the relationships You give us through Adam and his family, through Luis and his family. Thank You, Father, that there is nothing that is impossible to You. Father, increase our faith so that we may act in a way that brings You glory and so that people come to know You. For we make this our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.